my name is Megan Smalley, and I'm with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Andrew Lincoln, who is the Vice President of Ferris Operations at Lincoln Recycling, which has operations in Erie and Meadville, Pennsylvania. Andrew has been with the company for the past 12 years in a few different positions. The company is family-owned and operated and offers Ferris and non-Ferris recycling services, as well as cardboard, electronics, and industrial plastics, and portable bailing and demolition services. Thanks for coming on the show today, Andrew. Thank you for having me, Megan. To start things off, how did you get your start in the recycling industry? What were you doing before you came to the industry? As you mentioned, we're a third-generation uh, family business. So it's all started with my, my grandfather, really with a, a truck and a couple of accounts. And when my dad came into it, uh, Howard Lincoln, it was when the business really took off. And we, we got our roots in Erie with a yard and then had moved it since then to a larger facility. And when I was a child, I used to go with my dad on the weekends when I was 8, 10 years old, and he'd allow me to crush, um, get a sledgehammer and, and break up old cast grills, aluminum cast grills. And so growing up, I worked uh, in the family business and in other positions as well. I was a lifeguard uh, growing up here in, uh, on Lake Erie. And in college, I went to the University of New Hampshire. I went up to New England. As I, I skied in college on on their Division One ski team, and post college, um, I settled in in Boston working for a Fortune 100 uh, insurance company. You know, my dad. I'm the youngest of three. I have an older uh, sister and an older brother, and my dad never really emphasized for us to come immediately back into the business. I, I think he wanted us to make that decision on our own and get experience elsewhere working for other industries and, and other people as well. So I, I worked in Boston and worked in the insurance industry. And eventually, when I was getting my MBA from Babson College, uh, after I, I finished that up, I decided I, I wanted to come back into the family business. Got it. And that kind of ties to my next question. So growing up, did you think someday you were going to join the family business again? And what was it like coming back to the family business? Initially, no. I think with all young kids or just when you're getting out of college, you want to move away from home. You want to experience what life is elsewhere in a big city. So that's what attracted me to, to Boston. You know, After I got my MBA, my dad did approach me and seeing if I had interest in coming back to Erie. And you know, my dad was a great salesperson. You know, things were going well in my career, but I wanted something more. Insurance to me wasn't exciting. Uh, I sort of, I had an entrepreneurial mindset. I also like to see, touch, and feel the product, you know, come in and go out and see widgets or, you know, product being moved and being made. And you don't see that in insurance. And, you know, I, I just, I like working with my hands. So, being closer to family, I, I was excited for the opportunity, and so I decided to come back. Got it. And since coming back, have you used any of the skills from insurance? Uh, it's helped me uh, now in my role. I mean, I do do Ferris sales for the company. But I also work on our HR and, and insurance for the company. Uh, so just having some of that knowledge uh, from that industry has, has helped on, on the administrative side. 
Got it. And who all from your family is working in the business currently? My brother, Jeremy, who is, he's five years older than me. He came back a couple of years prior to, to, my, to, to me in 2006. He handles our non-Ferris sales and is the GM of our Erie facility. And my sister is back, but she is not working with us. Her husband is, and he's our CFO. Got it. Now, what's been your role in the business currently, and you know, what kind of roles have you held since coming back about 12 years ago? Titles are, don't really mean much to us, but I mean, I, I head up all the Ferris operations and sales for the company, for, for the two facilities. So all the contracts with the mills uh, on a monthly basis, uh, I negotiate. And I'm the uh, general manager of our Meadville facility. So typically you can find me down in Meadville uh, overseeing that facility. And I do the buying and selling for that yard uh, from Pebbler. So I'm, we're pre- pretty much generalists here. I, we don't really specify in a, in, a, in a given area. So, you know, I handle all the non-ferrous pricing for the yard and with the contra- contracts and in the industrial accounts that we service out of the Meadville facility. Prior to all of that, when I first jumped in, I kind of got my scrapped MBA, I like to call it. When I, when I arrived in 2006, my dad just shipped me down to our Meadville facility, and we had another gentleman managing it. And my first day on the job, I was given a torch, and I learned how to torch steel. And, you know, once I did that for a month or two and got a hang of it, I would, they gave me a plasma cutter to to, to cut uh, stainless items, and then I kind of just jumped around to learn all the positions. I, I had always had the buying on the scale, and I understood, you know, that pro- that procedure in our in our drive-through facility. Ran material handlers, ran mobile cranes. I got my CDL, uh, and after that, in 2008, when the markets were just going up and up since I returned, we actually opened, I opened up our third facility in Ashtabula, Ohio. We kept that facility running to, I would say, about 2014. And then markets being challenging again, um, we decided to pull back and close that facility. And we still service our industrial customers uh, in that area, but we just bring the material back to Erie or our facilities. Got it. So it sounds like the company's changed a little bit since you started. So, you know, since about 12 years ago when you joined, what are some changes that the company's been through and how has it grown? Yeah, one name-wise, we kind of put more marketing into our company. All three yards were different names. We had Lincoln Iron and Metal, Meadville Iron and Metal, and then in our Ashtabula facility, we named it River Valley Recycling. In 2000 and well, we rebranded everything as Lincoln Recycling. We went that route as we just felt like recycling was becoming more of the predominant name from, from the iron and metal days. And honestly, we were venturing out outside of just metal. We now handle industrial plastics. We handle electronics here. We uh, also handle uh, cardboard for our uh, industrial accounts as well. So given the, the downturns that we've, we've come across, the end of 08 and 09, and I would even say the years 14 through 16 were really challenging, we've looked to expand uh, what we can you know, recycle for our, for our industrial customers. 
Got it. And in more recent years, is there anything new going on at Lincoln Recycling that you can talk about? We've added brokerage. We don't do a whole lot of that because we're still a, a medium-sized yard. And so we do a little bit of brokerage for smaller dealers. We've done a couple of demolition jobs over the years. Uh, not our primary focus. And our last option that we, we've picked up is uh, we have a, another group that we, we do uh, auctions, industrial auctions, um, cleanups for other auctioneers you know, outside of our area. So you can find us down in Florida, you know, out west, pretty much wherever the major industrial auctions are. They'll bring us in to do uh, cleanup services for them to prepare items for auction or just to uh, finalize everything at the end of the sale. So when you're not working in recycling, what do you tend to do for fun outside of the industry? I like to stay active and, and work out. I When I came back to Erie, a group of friends of mine were all into biking and triathlon, so I, I did that for, for many years and bike uh, a lot during the summer when I can. I do do uh, CrossFit year-round now, which I, has been kind of my new love. And in the winters, I coach uh, ski racing at a local mountain as well as teaching uh, my, my three kids. So I have uh, two girls and a boy, eight, six, and two. So the eight- and six-year-old are, are almost off on their own now, and so now my focus is on my son, Chase, and getting him up, him up on skis uh, this winter. And I like to travel with my wife when I can, so not sure when our next trip will be with uh, this post-pandemic uh, world. Got it. Well, good luck with that, for sure, with the kids. And, yeah, I know traveling's definitely been up in the air most of this year. So, obviously, the spring and this year have been unprecedented for all industries with the pandemic. So how has Lincoln Recycling been impacted by it, and what are some things that your business has done differently as a result? You know, operating in this new space is, is definitely gonna, is challenging for our business and for, you know, all businesses. Uh, I've been involved in a peer group here in Erie kind of wrestling with, you know, how do we operate in this new space. And, you know, what I'm interested to see is what technologies are out there. I mean, we're using Zoom to have meetings with clients, you know, doing some face-to-face when we can, but, you know, keeping our six feet apart. The business hasn't changed. It's just you need to communicate better with your customers, communicate better with your mills, and, you know, let people know that you're still there to service and operate and and be there for them. Got it. And I saw this on social media that Lincoln Recycling had done some education outreach to school kids at home this spring. So was that something unique that your business did because of the pandemic, or is that something you do every year with outreaching to schools in your community? Yes, we've actually had a recycling contest. Uh, we've done that for the past five years in the communities we are working in, and it's something one of our employees started five, six years ago. Uh, started in Erie, and we would have a, you know, coloring contest around Earth Day, and the winning, we would put it up on our Facebook page, and the, the drawing that had the most votes or likes, that child would win a pizza party for their class. Well, since the kids were out of school, uh, and Earth Day was right around the corner in April when the pandemic hit, we decided to just launch it online, and yeah, it turned out 
great. We couldn't we could throw a pizza party for the the child that won and their family um, instead of uh, the class. We wanted to do something since the kids weren't in school. They would they would the winning child would be able to sponsor a a lunch for uh, emergency uh, medical workers. So we were able to you know support Earth Day, recognize Earth Day, and also, you know, help those that are on the front line battling, uh, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, you're also involved in ISRI, and for this year, you were leading ISRI's Best Young and Brightest event. So, like many things with the pandemic, that got postponed. So, first off, how long have you been involved in the association? And on top of that, what was it like this year having to plan through rescheduling events? I got my start in ISRI in Pretty much 2006, uh, my brother Jeremy Lincoln was, at the time, president of the Israel pittsburgh chapter. So, of course, I got roped in to, to helping with the golf outings and registering people and being at the registration table. So, uh, shortly after that, I was on the board for several years and eventually worked my way through the officer positions on the Pittsburgh chapter and just... This past April, I rolled off um, as being president of the Pittsburgh chapter, and I was nominated by the chapter presidents to be to sit on the executive committee for Gary Champlin's term. So I'm really excited about that, and I'm also uh, co-chairing the state subcommittee with George Hinkle for BYAB. Uh, I was excited for our chapter to be a host chapter after talking to Andy Golding. He was the one with Northern Ohio chapter that kind of brought the BYAB event back to to life. And they've held it the past, uh, initially the first two years. Last year, the Michigan chapter hosted it in Detroit. And it was scheduled to be in Pittsburgh this July. Unfortunately, you know, we decided to pull the plug on in March when we just, we couldn't get a handle on, you know, what the event would be like if if people could be together, what was the allowable number, you know, max occupancy you could have in a room. Um, the event is for, you know, 50 uh, young and brightest uh, ISRI members. And so we've postponed it to, to next year. And luckily, I, I we pretty much had, the chapter had the event all planned. And the facilities we were working with have been great. So we've just pushed everything to next July. So things have been pretty interesting in the industry in recent years. Where do you see the industry heading in the next five years or so? Outside of our industry, I'm hopeful for a return of U.S. manufacturing. As a result of the pandemic and talking to others, I've heard the U.S. U.S. companies are looking to source parts more within the U.S., so that will be a good end result for, for U.S. recyclers. Within our industry, I see more consolidation taking place in the, in the future. Got it. And in your career, what would you say have been some of the biggest challenges you've faced and also what have been some of your biggest successes? Some of the challenges and successes for me is not being afraid of failure. Prior to my scrap life, if I'll call it that, I felt I was afraid to fail working in a, in a large uh, insurance company. It, everyone's competing to get to the top. You don't want to make mistakes. Uh, you feel like you'll, you'll, you'll miss a step. 
being in, in this role in my company and being more of an entrepreneur, I feel like it's okay to fail, you know, as long as you take the calculated risks and minimize the downsides. We're always tinkering with how we do things or how we, we, we're always trying to not touch the metal more than we have to. Uh, we're trying different ways to process things. And it's just a learning curve. We're trying to, you know, bring essentially our fixed costs down to be more competitive. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show today, Andrew. Thanks for having me, Megan.